0: You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our Sex Podcast Collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com.
1: I'm Desiree Dulce. And I'm Demi Sutra. And you're listening to Holly Randall Unfiltered, brought to you by Twisties. Twisties brings you the hottest glamour porn in the industry, featuring exclusively lesbian and girl-girl scenes. For over 18 years, they've been bringing you mouthwatering content with some of the biggest names in adult
2: entertainment, as well as the fresh faces taking the porn world by storm.
1: Get extra content and special scenes featuring the sexiest girls of the moment with Twisties Treats of the Month. I had the honor of being the treat for September 2019, and it was an absolute blast. And I had the honor of being the Twisty Street February 2020. Make sure to stay tuned for more mouth-watering scenes featuring Demi, myself, and all the sexiest
0: girls in the industry.
1: With new scenes every three days,
2: this election has something for everyone, including solo scenes and multi-part series. Unwrap your ultimate fantasies at twisties.com
1: and find them on Twitter at twisties.com and Instagram, at Twisties Treats. Hi, I'm Holly Randall, and welcome to my podcast, Holly Randall Unfiltered. This is a show about sex, the adult industry, and the people in it. I'm a 21-year veteran of this fascinating little industry, and as the eldest child of the trailblazing erotic photographer Suze Randall, you could say I grew up in it. And unfiltered. So today is a very special episode. Now, I know that I say that all the time, and that's true because all of my episodes are special because all of my guests are special. But this one is particularly special because this is the very first time that I have somebody guest host for me. And that somebody is the incredible, the brilliant, the talented, and the not to mention so beautiful one of my favorite people in the entire adult industry, Casey Calvert. And she is going to interview a guest who I have had requested many, many times, JP the Pope or John Paul the Pope. No, not that John Paul the Pope. We're talking about John Paul the Pope, the bondage expert. He's also a director, he's a performer, and he has his very own podcast. Now, I'm not gonna bullshit you guys. I have not listened to this episode. The main reason that I asked Casey to do this for me right now is because I am crazy overwhelmed. I am about to move for the first time in 20 years. I have these huge projects coming up for browsers, which are taking up a ton of my time. And in case you forgot, I have a four-month-old baby. So Casey graciously accepted my desperate plea to guest host an episode for me so that I have a little bit of breathing room and I don't lose my shit. I know Casey. She's a genius. I've heard wonderful things about JP the Pope. So I have absolute confidence that this is going to be an incredible episode, and I myself Cannot wait to listen to it also. So I hope that you enjoy Casey Calvert interviewing JP the Pope.
2: Hi, and welcome to Holly Randall Unfiltered. As you can probably tell, I am not the beautiful Holly Randall. She is very busy doing a million things because she's a superstar. And I am Casey Calvert, guest host for today. If you don't know who I am, I am an adult performer and director and content creator. And I am here today with J.P. the Pope. Hi. Hi. How are you?
0: I'm good. How are you?
2: I am doing great. Thank you.
0: Awesome. I'm J.P. the Pope. I am your friend. Yes. <laughs> um, yes,
2: we are. We are friends. We, this is not our first podcast together. It is not.
0: Yes. Um, I am a director, a performer for doing BDSM for both of those, um, and I am a podcast guy and all of the other weird things. I'm an adult creator person. You're a content creator. There you go. Yeah. As
2: most of us are these days, content creators. Right. Which is something. We will hopefully get to at the end of this interview. Hopefully. I don't want to jump directly to my plan for the end. Okay. Um, so let's start from the beginning. Okay. How long have you been working in adults?
0: Um, this June will be starting my 18th year. So, and it's what February now, mid February. So yes. Yeah, I'm 17 and a half years or so, and
2: which is a long time.
0: It's a, yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's weird because it seems like it it's. I can think back and remember when I first started and it was like this, oh, I'm here, and there's this cool thing and then it doesn't seem that long ago, but then when I really start thinking about how far I've come from where I started, it's uh, it's been a long fucking time. Long time. Yeah. yeah.
2: Let's let's I want to talk about where you started. Okay. And your first job in adult
0: um, technically my first job in adult was back in Atlanta and I was a night manager for a porn store. Oh, I didn't Del- know that. Yeah. I was, I started off, I was doing like factory jobs. I was the mm-hmm. forklift guy and i um, working in warehouses and I was working this night shift 12 hour thing and it was driving me crazy. Like I got to a point where I was sick. Like I would, I'd get up, I'd sleep all day and I'd get up to get ready for work and I would just get like this depressed feeling like it wasn't like a oh woe was me but I just hated it I yeah. dreaded going to work and I was in a band with a guy who was working at this porn store and he was like why don't you just fucking walk away from that and come do this thing and I was like maybe I will so I just quit and I went and apply, applied I was responsible enough to apply first and I got hired on and moved up into like the manager thing and I suddenly became this person who Enjoyed porn, but now I had access to as much as I wanted. Um, and I started watching it and there happened to be a, it wasn't a strip club. It was a lap dance peep show area that okay. we had upstairs. So we had girls upstairs yeah. and we had the, the, we called them jack shacks, whatever they're called. The place Like
2: of, a, like a go into the room, jack off.
0: The, yeah. The little video Little booth. video booth. Yeah. yeah. So we had those and then we had the section with the, the lap dance and the peep show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew all the girls and I got to know one of them. We started dating, uh, which was a big no, no in my manager's eyes. Cause he was like, don't fuck my girls. And I was yeah. like, but I really like this one.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, turns out she was a fetish model. Okay. So this is back in the nineties. Um, and she got hired to go out and actually work for cybernet also known, which oh, we know now okay. as kink. Yes. And back in the day. Um, they had, when you went to work for kink, they had a, on their model page, it said, if while you're in San Francisco contact, here's a list of all the other producers. If you're, mm. while you're here and you can blah, blah, blah. Right. So she went up and worked with kink. I flew out with her cause I was starting to get into photography mm-hmm. and she went and met with my old boss because he was the one that responded back and he was shooting out of his apartment. It wasn't a part, I think it was an apartment Yeah. in San Francisco and it was what was going to eventually become dungeon court. Okay. Um, she showed up, did the shoot, and then called me and was like, hey, go downstairs, get in a cab, and here's the address. And I was like, why am I going to this address? She was like, he wants you here because you're the boyfriend, and if you're interested, maybe you can be part of a shoot. And I was like,
2: oh, okay.
0: Uh, and I'm like, I'm going to go work for a professional and go, take photos. Go yeah.
2: Oh, yes. Yes. I'm going to go. I'm going to I didn't even hired. think,
0: like, be on camera. Right, right. So I show up. Um, I meet, them, or meet him, and we start talking, and he's like, do you want to be on camera? And I was like, what's my girlfriend? What the hell? I don't sure. care. So I did a scene and him and I got to know each other a little bit during the day or during the shoot. And then I went back or that while on that trip, it rained like one day so we couldn't go through the city. So I was like, Hey, I've got the camera. Let's do a photo shoot in the the, uh, hotel room. We did the shoot. We go back to the South back in Georgia and Mm -hmm. I start editing and I've got this, I think it was Photoshop seven. If that tells you how long ago it was. And I started editing the stuff and I sent him a couple cause I had access to him. I had met Peter from kink, but I was like, he's the guy who runs this bigger company where this right. guy's. I can, this is attainable. Right. So I sent him photos and was just a, Hey, what do you think of this? Is this something that is even cool or what is, it would be considered acceptable as a photographer? And he gave me feedback. And then like three or four months later, he hit me up and said, Hey, do you want a job?
2: Okay. Were these, these were like bondage photos.
0: Yeah. These were all, well, the ones that we did was, it was, it was artistic nudes. Okay, so yes, um, that's a genre pretty, by the way. Pretty,
2: pretty bond. Any bondage or no? Just no. it was just like art nude.
0: My bondage at that point was uh, an extension cord and the phone cable because right. we all still had landlines. Well,
2: yeah, on. I was going to ask if these pictures had bondage in them. If, if they were, they're mortifying now. No,
0: they <laughs> no, they actually are. Um, they're artsy, and she just kept changing outfits. Okay, so it was kind of like you know in front of the window and over right. here on this cute place. So, right. um. Anyway, he offers me the job and her and I talk and I was like, you know, this, I have to do this. I'm getting offered a job to go work at a company. Yeah. So I packed my shit and my shit being a duffel bag, a big book of CDs and a carry on roller behind me. And I hopped on a plane, a one way ticket to Oakland and, or SFO, whatever it was. I flew into the Bay area. Yes. He met me and i had only met him twice. And here I am going to now live with this dude. Okay. So there was this. Oh shit in my head. I'm like, I hope everything's going to go well.
2: I hope this guy's not a serial killer. Right.
0: And I had just seen some movie and I forget who the actor was, but it was, he, the actor reminded me of John and Mm -hmm. he was into like a lot. He was into like model planes and RC planes. And, but he was also like psychotic and that was Philip Seymour Hoffman. And I don't remember the movie name, but I just watched it. It was a cool movie, but the character uh, he played was psychotic and there was all this crazy shit. We get there the first morning and he's like, dude, come on, we're going to go for a ride. I was like, cool. And we get in his truck and we go out riding. We go all the way to the cliffs, right up to the ocean. And he reaches in the back seat and there's fucking remote control planes. So I'm like, <laughs> holy shit, what the fuck have yeah. I gotten into? Yeah. Clearly he wasn't psychotic and he didn't try and throw me off a cliff. Right. So, um... We go do the plane thing and the training starts and he starts, here's basic editing. Cause I knew Photoshop and that's one of the reasons he's like, all right, you can at least, you know, photo uh, photography and you know, Photoshop. Let me show you basic, um, well, final cut. We're using yeah. final cut at the time. So he starts teaching me and I mean, basic drag it into the line. It, she, mm-hmm. he showed me how to import the project, um, to drag it into the timeline. And this is the razor blade and how you cut it out. And okay. whatever you do, do not use this dissolve thing. Okay. So, um, <laughs> We trained in his um, apartment mm-hmm. doing the editing and I kind of stayed there and we there was like a, a some grocery store walking distance and we, that's what we do. We'd leave and go walk over and then we'd come back and edit and work Okay, and pack because he was in the process of packing up his apartment and moving down to LA. Right. And he even gave me the choice. He's like, you can come up now and start training and then help me move to LA or wait till I get to LA and settle in. And I'm like, what? Well, I'm going, I don't want to sit down here anymore.
2: Right. So he essentially hired you just as his assistant.
0: Yeah. Basically yeah. I was, I started out with doing, he would do, cause he was a one man show for so long. Yeah. So even with him on camera, he would move the camera around. He basically now had me to monitor the camera.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he would take all the photos he needed and then say, give me some of the JP stuff because mine okay. was artsy and his was very, this has to be, it right. was documentary kind of right. style. So I started doing that, and at, we so we shot at our house, and we ended up getting a, um, a studio, and so we had the building once we moved to LA.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he got a little more like, okay, I want you to just do photos now, and he pulled back from it. And I would make like, dude, why don't you try this? Or why don't you try that? He's like, can you do it? And I was like, no. He's like, then shut the fuck up <laughs> until you can. Okay. So he was he had a um, he it wasn't necessarily negative reinforcement, but he was very he was very cut to the point like there was no bullshit Mm -hmm. he didn't sugarcoat anything he's abrasive to say the least yeah so he was like he spoke his mind like we're roommates we work together he was like you can fuck off until you learn it so i went out and found um midori's book and i forget okay. which one it is but it's the one she's on the front with like a komodo mm-hmm.
2: i know exactly um, what book that is
0: and i started studying and because we had rope around i started yeah. studying the book i started practicing on myself i started and i had a futon so i would tie my parts of my body to the futon mm-hmm. or i would try and get crazy on the futon with like mm-hmm. doing things and then out of the blue one day he was like uh we had someone that was gonna they wanted me to shoot they wanted him to shoot and okay. he was like fuck this i'm out i'm going somewhere jp you do it and i was like i uh, yeah i okay. Uh, okay fine <laughs> and then um the producer I forget her natalie damore was her name okay and she had sasha monet so anybody okay. that's old school that's another and she natalie was like well here's all the stuff she would print out all the pictures of the, the position she wanted she's like here's all the stuff mm-hmm. can you do this and i was like uh y- yeah sure okay because i was good at looking and replicating so i was like i could just like we did.
2: Like we did yesterday. Yeah. I'll yes. sit there
0: and I'll reverse engineer it. Yeah. And it was super basic stuff and we got through it and then we came back and she was like, John, this guy's so good and he mm-hmm. was so blah, blah, blah and attentive. And I was like, I'm not even okay. sure who she is, but I'll take this. Um, and then he was like, okay, we're going to start doing this. And then he, one day he put me on camera. He flew a model into LA and he started feeling under the weather mm-hmm. and he's like, you got to do this. I was like, no, I don't. And he was like, you have to, because I don't feel well. And this is, I can't, she's here. Right. So I think I put a gas mask on and I still had dreadlocks down to my ass. So even with a gas mask, you still knew it It was was me. Yeah. Um, and this tattoo on my arm. So, but either way I was like, I'm hiding. So
2: I understand. And it
0: slowly pushed me a little more, a little more. I started realizing I always knew that I liked that kind of shit, but Mm -hmm. I'd never, it was still very awkward for me Sure. because I was like, when we first started working together, he would start taking photos or something and I would step out of whatever room we were in, and I would stand outside to be respectful. And I was also, as you know, I got shy. Yeah. So I was like, I don't want her to think that I'm being dirty and just staring at her. Right.
2: That you're being creepy. Right. Yeah.
0: And he came, he would come out and he was like, dude, she's paid to be here. She's paid to be naked. She's paid for this to happen. Stop hiding out there. And I was like, I'm just being respectful. He was like, shut up and come in here and pay attention so you can get better. Right. So, um, and little by little, we just eventually, we grew and I busted my ass and he rode my ass to get better and better and better. And, um, we upped our studios. We started launching more sites and like, we were like, Hey, what about this idea? What about this idea? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got to a point where we were kind of like, we had the solo girl thing. We had the bondage thing with me and him topping women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was, Oh, and then there was what it was the fucking machine site that was called Combots. Okay. So we had these three sites and there was just two of us. So we were flourishing. We were doing this was back right. in 2004, 2005. When it was
2: so easy to make money.
0: We started Perfect Slave, which was the solo thing. And yeah. when we launched, I think 80% of the content that started on the site, the girls, 80% of them never were naked. They might have okay. had like a bra and panty or a bikini on and they were tied up.
2: Struggling. 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 That was it. Damsel and it, in distress kind of stuff.
0: Right. And the crazy thing is without giving numbers or amounts away. Sure. That site in three months had more members sign up um, just in three months than the last site that I launched at Kink under the Kink brand. So that will give people an idea of how we, back in the early 2000s, anything right. would stick and flourish if you put work into it.
2: Is that what you attribute that success to is just the time?
0: I think the growth at the time, because then you, I mean, it was still, I mean, even early 2000s, it was still pretty new as yeah. far as like doing. And BDS, I mean, we weren't even allowed to do. Um, like insertion, like penis insertion inside mm-hmm. of someone's body. Like there mm-hmm. was no real penetration with bondage. And I forget when it was, we finally did it, but we were, we kept talking about it and kept talking about it. And he was like, I, this is too much of a chance. Like no one's right. doing this. And we're I, and I was like, so we have to, we have to be the first ones. We can't let those fuckers up in South or South Carolina, San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco be the first to do this. We yeah. need to do it. So we even started talking about setting up a second company and I, I would be the CEO and we always joked that if <laughs> you anything, take
2: the legal risk, Yeah, I'll take the legal <laughs> risk,
0: but that he, the, the situation was if they ever came for me that he had to call uncle Larry, which is what I refer right. to Larry Flint. Right. Cause I was like, if anybody can get me out of this, it's going to be him. And since you're the owner, you have the money, you're going to call him. No right. You're going
2: to call him. You're going to pay for it.
0: Right. Yeah. So we kept talking about it, kept talking about it. And we would try and sneak it in here and there like a little bit but we didn't push it because we still knew that, you know, that we weren't supposed to be doing it. Yeah. And then there was a court battle or a court win. I should say, um, what's his name? He's evil. Stigliano is that the name. John Stagliano. Stagliano. Yes. There was a huge owner court. of evil angel. Yes. He, the way I understood it, there was a big court case and with obscenity or something mm-hmm. like that, he won the case and instantly kink shot up sex and submission. Cause they had had like, fucking couples there's real fucking couples yeah but this was the first site to shoot full sex in bondage yeah and hardcore, we
2: hardcore sex in bondage right yeah
0: and i was like dude they're doing it we have to do it now so we just we are so far ahead with all of our other content that mm-hmm. we just paused everything and shot like crazy so we as far as i knew were the second or maybe the third because chanta showed up and had sure, our yes she had her fucked and bound Yes. So, sex and submission, fucked and bound, and fucking dungeon, all kind of showed up at the same time. And so,
2: this is what is this? This is like late two thousands.
0: This is still right? this is still mid. So, I, I showed up in um at two in two thousand four in June, and this was two thousand mid two thousand five two thousand six at the okay. latest. I okay. think it was that we were we were like we got to start doing this. It happened mm-hmm. quick. Cause we were like, let's launch this site and let's launch this site and let's right. talk about the boy girl, but we'll manage this and we'll shoot this. And then all of a sudden everything started changing and we were like, we have to do it now. Um, which is thinking about just the date. Like that's a long fucking time ago that we started doing that 2000. Yeah. Even yeah. if it was 2006, that's still 15 years yes.
2: ago. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah.
0: I joke all the time that I, I'm this far from being in this business, Longer than some of the models have been alive that I'll be shooting in a couple of years. Oh yeah, you're getting
2: very close to that point. But yeah. also, I also feel like I'm getting close to that point. But yeah, you are closer. I am afraid.
0: <laughs> if, you know one of the weird things too of doing this as long as I have? I probably we were still in the army the first time it happened, so mm-hmm. it's had to have been at least six or seven years ago. Um, we had a model show up, and she was, just, and I was like, "Why is she acting so weird around me?" and i because she had been down there talking with the crew so i was like maybe there's they were teasing and they had something because we all fucked with each other and played sure. around so i was like maybe they're fucking with me um and she finally i said hi i'm jp she's like oh my god i know who you are and she's just all wiggly and i was like <laughs> why are you wiggly yeah. like this and it turns out that when she started masturbating the internet was flourishing because she was so young and i was the guy she had found so i suddenly had this moment of like
2: Oh boy. I, I
0: need to go I'll be back in a minute. I forgot something upstairs. And I was I was uncomfortable and didn't know how right. to feel because right. suddenly here's someone who masturbated to me on a regular basis and now was modeling and their little wish foundation was happening. Yes, kind of having
2: a having a fangirl moment. Right. But
0: but it it, yeah. it started to it did, it didn't completely subside. Like even today, if I meet someone and they're like, "Oh my god, I used to watch your stuff on whatever, whatever," I'm like, "Oh, that's cool," and I still have the moment, but I I don't get like flustered to where I'm like, "I need to I leave." Gotta go. Yeah, yeah. So, <clears throat> so the journey. Let me not yeah. get distracted. Yeah, yeah. The journey. So I we did Dungeon Corp, and we ended up launching. I think five or six sites that it was just, and it was just him and I. And Mm -hmm. then as we launched more and more, we're like, well, maybe we should bring in this person and maybe we should bring in this person. And we ended up getting up to not including John and I, I think we had four or five people that worked for us, which was huge. We had our first really big year where like, when you're looking at the numbers, you're like, Holy fuck, we did this Mm -hmm. as small as we are. And I kept telling him, I was like, we're, they have to know who we are. Like we may not be, impending on their people but they we aren't this little guy who shoots out of his house anymore like we're we're a force and um it must have been right because the models at this point i was doming all the time i had was i had moved into the director position he was more of just kind of sitting back like he would show up every once in a while and he always oversaw everything Mm -hmm. but he was pulling himself further away because I got JP doing this. I got a crew doing this. So I don't have to be there as often. And he right. very much was still on top of it. Cause he was the control guy. So we yeah. had to make sure. Um, and one day I get a call from, actually, I was some, some of my friends in LA, some of the scene people that I knew that we mm-hmm. used, um, hit me up and said, there's this dude from kink and he wants to talk to you. And I was, and I had seen this Hotmail. It was, it was like something, something at Hotmail. It wasn't okay. at kink. It wasn't even their name. Sure. And I was like, I see this email and I call bullshit. Plus right. I also, at this point knew uh, my boss well enough to think he's setting me up. Like he's mm. trying to test my loyalty at right. this point. Right. And that's just the the paranoia that I have in my, my world and my sure. brain. And it wasn't um, super bad, but I was like, I don't trust this, especially if you're going to do, you're, if you're coming at me saying you're kink, you need to come better with than a hotmail account no offense to hotmail no,
2: no but i feel like even even today like that's how you know that something is maybe not quite right is if it doesn't appear to be you know at kink.com yeah. you know this is a business they have business email addresses right. but it was legitimate
0: yeah it turned out that he was the new executive producer who had been hired and the the story i heard the the way i heard it was He got hired, he went and applied and he was living like in Arizona or something. So Mm -hmm. he was mid move. And by the time I finally agreed to have a conversation with him, he was driving from, he was halfway between Arizona and San Francisco. Mm -hmm. I accepted his call and talked and said, okay, sure. If you're really the guy that's doing the thing, when you actually get to kink, call me then. Yeah. And he called and said, Hey, I'm bringing everybody up. There's this pitch, blah, blah, blah. So the story was told to me that he got hired and said, who do you want? There has to be someone else besides this. And you Mm. got Matt Williams and Donna and Tomcat and Marty and all these fucking phenomenal people. And he's like, there's gotta be somebody that you have your eye on. And he was like, well, there's this one guy I keep hearing about down in LA. Mm -hmm. And he was like, tell me his name and I'm going to get him. And that was his way to show like puff his chest and be like, I got, I can get you whoever you want. So he flew up, five or six LA people just to comfort me to show that there was a group of us coming up. And in reality, it seems that he did that just to puff his chest and show that he could do that kind of move. And in reality, he just had only eyes to get me up there to prove mm-hmm. that he could do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I went up and they were like, you have to test shoot. We want you to do this. I'm like, no, I'm not showing my face on camera because I, I, which I was, I was very loyal to dungeon Corp, So I'm like, I'm
2: Oh yes. So you I, were showing your face for dungeon Corp. You just weren't, you right. didn't want,
0: I'm not going to test shoot. for I love the opportunity to shoot
2: for somebody else while you still had this job. Right. In LA.
0: I had the opportunity and I thought it was a great opportunity and I was, I needed to check it out, but I also wasn't going to shut that door before this one was open. Right. So there was talks about maybe I could wear a mask or maybe I could be in like a full suit to where I was like, you know, whatever. And I said, let me think about it. And I left. And this was a meeting or meeting with Peter and the executive producer and like mm-hmm. all of the executives were there trying to convince me to do this. Um, so I was like, let me think about it. And I left. And then a couple of weeks later, John comes up to me. He's like, how was kink? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, act like you don't know what the fuck I'm talking <laughs> about, dude. And I'm going to be pissed. And I was like, dude, I went up there for Folsom, which coincidentally it was. Okay. I was like, I went up there for Folsom. There was a party. I went with Liam, who was an LA guy. Mm-hmm. And we went and hung out. That's it. And I completely was like, I'm caught. I knew he set me up. Right. He fucking Everything, busted me. yeah.
2: Turns out, fucked.
0: Yeah, it turns out some fucking guy who was wanting to basically suck his dick, not figuratively, or figuratively, not... Not literally. Yeah. Yeah. He was um, kissing up to John and he was like, you and know what I said? Yeah, and he ran his mouth. So John and I butted heads about it for a minute and mm-hmm. he's like, this is cool and, you know, if you're gonna go, oh, that's what it was. They finally offered me a job.
2: Okay.
0: Um, so... He said, "If you're going to go, at least help me train up these other people to get them up, so you don't, you know, I'm not sitting here holding my ass." Yeah. So I said, "Okay, cool," and I told him I'd give him two weeks. That's what I had, and uh-huh. I think with within less than five days, it rubbed him it the was wrong done, way, yeah. and he was like, "Fuck this," and I was like, "You know what? Fuck you." Yeah. And we we went our separate ways. We right. we agreed to disagree, and that was it. Yeah. So I moved up to kink, and yes, it before
2: was, we get to kink, okay, I have one more dungeon core question. Go. Okay. Um, I want to talk about. One of the things I want to talk about is how BDSM culture has changed since you started working to now. And so I want to talk about like who are these girls doing the bikini stuff? Like who are these? Who are these okay. models? Where did they come from? What is it like? Like who are these people?
0: Um, we actually were doing Craigslist ads. Really? Because there, okay. there was there were agencies, but. It was few and far between, and we weren't really looking at porn girls at the time, because we weren't doing porn. We were still doing fetish. Fetish, yes. And we needed a shit ton of variety, especially with just solo girl stuff, so we were like, we need to start looking around, and he, and I would never even heard of Craigslist. He was like, we're going to put an ad here, and he started putting ads out, and these girls just started showing up.
2: Fascinating. They were. Just, just, just. Random girls. Random
0: girls that were willing to do certain things for money. And because it wasn't, you didn't have to be naked. There didn't have to be penetration. It eventually, we found the groove for that site. And Mm -hmm. it was always, there was the strip tease. And then the bondage slowly happened. And Mm -hmm. by the time the video came, and this is all documented with photos. And then by the time the video came around, you were completely tied up with a vibrator. And it was a forced orgasm site.
2: Okay. Was there a conversation with these girls about you should have a stage name, you're going to be on the internet and in this adult material consent, et cetera. Or was it just like, come on in, I'm going to write you a paycheck. So you're going to,
0: there was do this thing, they knew that it was going to be published on the internet. Okay. But this was also, you know, like with the paperwork that we have currently the way it's like, here's a limit sheet and here's right. a, this, and here's a two, two, five, seven. There was, you came in and there was a piece of paper that said, I blank fill in your name. Yeah. Um, that i'm over the age of 18 on this date here. and that was it that was fucking it
2: fascinating
0: that was it so we had people that would show up and then when they showed up john would say what are you okay with you know here's what we're shooting tell me what you're comfortable with and you had some that were like i'm cool with bra and panties some of them were like i'm cool with topless okay less than 10 percent wanted to take the bottoms off okay and
2: did they ever come back
0: most of them, no. yeah, because most of them were fetish models who probably wanted that one gig, and it was right, a good gig. Right, they wanted that
2: paycheck. Yeah. I assume you guys were paying relatively well.
0: We were, at the time, we actually started looking to see, because we wanted to make, because we no one was, we didn't know anyone that was doing solo, but we knew this is how much we pay for what seems like a hogtied kink site, Right. this is what we're paying for what seems like the fucking machines thing, and we, John was always like, let's give them a little more because mm-hmm. we're not as big.
2: Right.
0: <clears throat> so, he kind of said okay well if this is this this is this then we're Made gonna in the p- middle here this is a yeah. good number to go here and then it kind of once he found it and people are like wait a minute I can just show up and you're gonna put rope on me and it wasn't an extreme shit like we no, do No, I
2: imagine it was it was damsel in distress kind of right hands behind the back legs tied together maybe legs tied apart it
0: you was know very simple basic. maybe
2: a ball gag, like very basic right. bondage
0: and some <clears throat> some of it was um it was just it was yeah, it was some of it that I was like, that's not bondage. And I was still new to it. I'm like, Dah. and John was adamant. Like he, you know, he taught me the basics of bondage. Like, you know, you can't, if you tie someone's hands in front of them, Yeah, they can't just sit here. They have to be above the head. Okay, They have to be pulled away from but so they can't because chew they can't the knot. Just, so the yeah. knot has to go over here so it's harder for them to put. So right. it always had to be inescapable. Like you couldn't okay. give them an out, which is weird because we have to tie even now you still have to tie for sustainability versus the I'm just tying you up. Right. So it has to be loose enough for them to be able to get through a 15 to 20 minute scene, but not loose enough that they they can't get away
2: right out. Right. Yes. Yes.
0: So yeah, they were just, a lot of them were random, but at this point we were slowly making enough of a name that we could call this agent. And he was like, I've got some girl, girl only that would come. Cause we Mm -hmm. were like, all right, this is it. Cause it just blew up. And we're like, we don't even know why we're doing this, but it's doing it. So he, started the agents were like, I'll send a girl over and then they came in and they met him and I, and we were like, what can we do for you? What do you need? And very accommodating. And the reputation started happening. So people more and more now this agency and this agency. And next thing you know, you've got the big ones Mm -hmm. that were like, fucking you can have our girls.
2: Right. Because at the time in adults, I feel like it was, it was much more taboo to shoot bondage than it is now. And so the, the a-list girls, you know, bondage was the thing you did after anal. Right. Like in the in as you scale up. Right. Like bondage means like oh your career is probably over. Yeah,
0: you've done the gang bang and the double triple whatever. Right.
2: So now we're going to tie you up even if this tied up experience is just a forced orgasm and you're not actually even on camera with somebody. I feel like this is about the time when that started to change.
0: Right. That's when we started Um And again, it was, and I still tell, I preach this to people all the time, like your reputation in this industry is the most important thing you have. That's your biggest asset. Your body can fluctuate. Your appearances can fluctuate. But if you're, as soon as your, your reputation gets Mm -hmm. tarnished, you're Mm -hmm. fucked. Mm -hmm. You can, you'll, it's porn. You're going to find a place to still fit, but to, to flourish, I think it's your reputation. Yeah. And it started getting out there that there's these bondage guys and they're fucking treating these models like angels and which is where it started happening because there's specifically this JP guy who's running mm-hmm. this set. Um, and then we had these random new girls, like this girl, this cute little brand new girl called Phoenix Marie showed mm-hmm. up. And then there was other cute Lexi bell that showed up. Right. And suddenly these at the time were newer girls, but, but right. they were like, I want to try this in the very beginning of my career instead mm-hmm. of waiting until it was over.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really then, started to, to change, to change things.
0: Right. And it slowly started forming that way. And then, um, it was because when I, we first started booking through agencies and I became the booker, mm-hmm. you would go and you just looked for a girl that was super hot that was doing at least boy, girl, and something dirty because okay. there was no bondage. There was no fetish.
2: Right. No one put that on their agency right.
0: page. You They would put double anal, but they wouldn't put right. fetish or bondage. Yes,
2: because God forbid somebody ties you up.
0: Right. Because right. that's really dirty. That's
2: really scary. That was almost like it's that. really hardcore. Right. That right. was the
0: career killer. If right. you did the bondage because, while well, the fuck is wrong with you right double anal is okay but don't get but tied don't
2: up. get tied up yes i feel like that
1: is a great note to take a commercial break
0: perfect
2: we will be right back.
1: Holly Randall Unfiltered is brought to you by Manscaped. We are in the thick of winter and storms a-brewin'. It looks like one to three inches are in the forecast when you trim that hibernation bush that's been taking place in your pants. Luckily, art partners at Manscaped specialize in products to make sure you're walking around town with beautiful snowballs. Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Their electric trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, has ceramic blades and advanced skin-safe technology, so any snags on your snowballs will be greatly reduced. The trimmer is also waterproof, so you can trim in the shower or jacuzzi if you're a savage. You can get it all in the Performance Package, which comes with a new and improved lawnmower 3.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag. This bundle also comes with a Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner. And while you're at it, check out all their other products such as cologne, foot deodorant, and so much more. When you're cuddling with that special someone in front of the fire, don't let your hairy balls give you cold feet this winter. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOLLY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with code H-O-L-L-Y at manscaped.com. And we're back.
2: And we're in San Francisco, I think now.
0: Are we in San Francisco? Yeah, I think
2: let's talk about San Francisco. And you moved in what year?
0: 2010, November. I remember specifically because November was, there was the holidays were starting and I showed up a little before the 15th, but HR was like, hey, this is, we pay every two weeks. So we're going to put you starting on the 15th. Or the 16th. think It was the 16th. But either way. Yeah. So I showed up. I finally went back and forth with the guy with the Hotmail account, and mm-hmm. he finally had his kink account, right. and we had seen and talked and met. Um, and he calls up, and he was like, so we just had an opening. It's not what you were proposing that you wanted to do, but the guy that was running, which was James Mogul,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, that was running the upper floor in the training, who also created them, Yeah. Um, he walked away. Right. For whatever reason, they they separated. They, separate right. they
2: need someone to run these sites.
0: Immediately. And I was like, okay, well, when, when do we start? How does this work? And they were like, we're going to sign the contracts. <laughs> and it kind of was. We agreed on money. <clears throat> and the contract was signed. And I was like, when do I start? And they're like, you already have a ticket. You need to be on a plane tomorrow morning flying out of Burbank. And I was like, okay, when do I fly back? And they're like, you don't. You like, don't. You are employed you, by us now. Right. So but we, I
2: have a life in Los Angeles. I have a life
0: in Los Angeles. Um, I was i think newly married at the time mm-hmm. i think i had just been married mm-hmm. um I, yeah i was yeah. married and we were talking about kid having a kid but we're like let's postpone it because she was still working at a university i was right. going up there and i showed up on a plane um and or i got on a plane showed up and rode in the 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 shagging wagon or whatever they call it yeah. <laughs> with everyone else and then got That's there amazing. and um i walked up to security because the armory had, you know, had this fucking right. security. Right, and this routine. was
2: this was already Kink had bought the armory. Right, they had already done the renovations and were relatively set up, but right. also relatively new.
0: They were still within the right? first couple of years.
2: So, like the basement had been drained. The but basement a bunch was of drained. Stuff had been built yet.
0: Yeah, the sets were most of the sets were down there already, and mm-hmm. a lot of the upstairs had been done. But like when I got there, the walls were still white on the upper floor. There were okay. no drapes. There was wire that hung from the outlets and then a light bulb because it was, that's what it was. That's what It
2: was. Yeah.
0: Um, so it still was coming what it was, but most of the sets were already there. So I got there and I signed off my paperwork and I signed in person, my, my contract. And then they made me sign a lease because I had to live in the armory because I, I didn't have an apartment and they made me show up the next day from LA so.
2: <clears throat> which, what floor did you live on?
0: I was on the fourth floor. Okay, so you coldest, lived up there. The coldest place in the winter and the hottest place in did the summer. Did you
2: live in that room across from the bathroom?
0: The one that was referred to as Donna's bedroom. Yeah. The big one, that yeah. was my bedroom. for I was there for <laughs> two and a half, three months, I okay. think. So, I was in that bedroom. The bathroom was, so if you remember that room, the bed was all the way in the furthest wall. Right. So, I would have to walk through, which is a huge fucking room. Huge
2: room. This was a massive, I mean, for, for those of you who... Didn't go to the Armory, which I feel like is most of the people listening to this. Right, massive building.
0: It was two hundred and fifty thousand square feet,
2: and ish. built in eighteen something.
0: It was right after the earthquake, so it was early nineteen. Early nineteen.
2: So, so very much kind of an unusual old old floor plan. You know, right. big staircase up the center. One unit of bathrooms and plumbing on each floor, essentially on each side. On e- yeah.
0: Because they yeah, were long, like right hallways. there,
2: long, big, long hallways. So yeah,
0: and then one of and I, I remember because all of the because all of the doors were pretty original for the mm-hmm. most part because it was a historic building, yes. so you couldn't go fucking changing a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, and so they put me in the room, and there's the double doors, and it was like Captain Major something, and no offense to anybody that's military, I know I just fucking gummed that up, but it was whatever their title mm-hmm. was, that was their quarters, right? Um, because it was originally it was a armory for the Coast Guard, I think. I think. I, I think, think it was Coast Guard. Coast Guard. Um, and of course, then it sat empty, I think, for like 35, A 40 very years. very long
2: time, yeah, and, and decayed. And yeah. one of the things that Peter did when he bought the armory was revitalize it and restore it.
0: Uh, yeah, as, as better than probably, at, well, I wouldn't say better than it was, but it was it was pretty damn nice.
2: It was beautiful. It was be all original marble and all of these, you know, original doors, like you were saying, yeah. original windows, just very nicely restored. There were still like original cabinets restored. that were still there. Yeah, some so incredibly beautiful things.
0: Right. So I walk out of the big-ass room, and mm-hmm. it's fucking freezing. Right. And I have to walk across, and the hallway was probably 20 or 30 feet wide. It was massive. Yes, and it was made military.
2: of marble. Made right? of marble. There so was marble freezing. trim.
0: There was the whatever the walls were made of, but then there was yeah, marble trim freezing. all around, and the floors were some kind of, was I don't know if they were made marble? I think or the, so?
2: I, I want to say the floors were also marble, and it was like marble up the walls.
0: Right. So I have to go across, and then the fucking huge bathroom that's got mm-hmm. to the stalls and the urinals, so mm-hmm. it's, like, I I Freeze. slept in a robe with pajamas yeah. on, and, like, three big dish heaters, yeah. so I, I learned to sleep in a bright orange glow, <laughs> um, Yeah. so I'm up there, and I go straight to work, and the first thing I did, like, as soon as we started negotiating, is I, I went and I told him I need a subscription so I can see, because those were, the surprisingly, the two sites that I didn't really give a shit about. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, great, you're going to give me the ones I don't care about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started studying James Mogul. Like I knew James Mogul better, I think than most people did because I studied everything. I studied all of his, all of the, the, the documents that he had online. Cause at one time the upper floor was so intricate that it had yes. all of these documents and rules. And, um, so I studied him and studied him and I was like, I love this about him. I, this, I could, and I didn't dislike, I just didn't care. I'm like, whatever, right. I, don't, I don't, I'm going to change this. I'm yeah. going to change this. And, I'm gonna, and I sat and changed all these things. And he was very much story of O, very BDSM DS kind of trainer where I was, I'm cool with that, but I'm more military. I'm more aggressive. I'm sadist by nature. So I was like, we're going to do this my way. Um, So we changed some things around. I turned it to where the training of O now fed the upper floor. So it wasn't the same slaves. They would rotate. Um, We set up a camera system on the upper floor. I think there were 12 cameras that ran for free all day long, 24 hours Mm a day, which to me, still sucks because we never monetized it. Like there were. Wait, any, it wasn't.
2: It, you didn't have to have a membership to watch were, those cameras. Those
0: twelve were free, and I was like, we when Ugh, we first launched I had, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, it fucking. I still cringe. Like I get chills oh, just yeah. trying to be calm God, about Yeah. Um, and I told him I was like, you know, I would log in because you know you just didn't you didn't go to work clock in clock out and you didn't care. Like it was your website. You were responsible if it went down. You were the one in the middle of the night calling IT, going, right, "What the fuck?"
2: Right.
0: So, um. I would log in and just check and you could log in at three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. And there were five to 600 people chatting in there and they stay and it was empty rooms.
2: Right. They're watching nothing because the girls are asleep.
0: Right. Um, and it was basically, we had this experiment going on. We put ourselves in a fishbowl, um, the models, the cameras, certain cameras went off too for privacy. Sure. Um, and then 10 a.m. Monday through Friday, the cameras came on and the quarters, Mm -hmm. the the slate quarters, Mm And I showed up in my uniform. I had this suit suit with pinstripes on it. Um, And I walked in and we did inspection every fucking morning. Right. And we would inspect their beds, inspect their clothing. We'd turn them around because it was porn. So it was all for the free cam. It was, this was (laughs) all for, we didn't record any of this, but we had a ritual. (laughs) And that's how I
2: always thought you had to be a member of the site to watch those cameras. Mm -mm. No,
0: I I asked, but they were like, no, that's how we keep people coming. I'm like, no, that's how you keep people getting free.
2: Okay. And we I would mean, leave them on
0: when we did when we did shoots, we would leave them on. But there was no zooming close up. Right. You still had this big surveillance wide. Yeah. So you didn't really get to see, but you felt like you were part of it. Yeah. Um, and there were there were these rules. And because we had them in the hallways and we had them in the slave quarters and we had them in the, the dining room and mm-hmm. in the kitchen mm-hmm. and in the, all over the fucking place, there were like two or three safe zones and the rest of it was on camera. Right. Um, so people were watching all the time and. I don't know where I was going with that. Either way, it was yes. the, the experiment was just, it was insane because we had so many people watching us all the time. We would do the, ins- that's what it was. We'd do the inspections. Right. And if I was walking down the hallway, and I, because I would come in, I would put my suit on, and we were in, I was in character until I would leave. And, like, there's photos of me sitting in the basement talking with our, our uh, set director or mm-hmm, set designer, mm-hmm. and I'm still wearing the fucking zoot suit. I always had the zoot suit on unless I was dressed like how, I am now.
2: How many... Suits? Did you have how many identical suits?
0: I actually only had one of each. I had a pinstripe and a solid black.
2: And you just rotated? I those. just rotated
0: through them. Um, which, yeah, I had. What I did have was several ties and several shirts. So that changed, but the rest of it would basically get hung on a h- hanger right. in my office and just basically air out. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I started to feel like it was That's gross. That's why I was asking. Yes. Yeah. It was
2: like, how, how gross was this? When it how, got gross, if there was, gross there was ever a shoot, yeah. I would send it
0: to the cleaner and put the black one on yeah. or vice versa.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so, but like, yeah, well, we walked down the hallway because we had this thing that, that mogul had started. And then mm-hmm. I went in and kind of redid with Stefanos so right. changed all the rules to fit what we were doing. We had to abide by these rules if we were to be believable, right? And since everyone was watching, we had to. You put had the to, work in. yeah,
2: you had to live that life,
0: right? So, if I'm walking down the hall and one of the girls saw me, their thing was to stop, hands behind the back, legs mm-hmm. get spread at shoulder length, and they face the fucking wall so that they didn't disrespect right. the master of the house, right? And it was it. It started as this fun porn thing and it turned into, like I said, this, it was almost a social experiment because these girls became so dependent on me because Mm -hmm. I was, I was boyfriend. I was dad, not daddy. And I guess I was daddy too. You were also
2: daddy, I think. I was
0: daddy. I was the dad. I was the boyfriend. I was the therapist. I was all of these things. And there got to a point because I always said this 24 seven psychologically doesn't seem to make sense. You have to be, you can be 23 yeah. six or something, but right. it's hard to stay that way. And just with us doing that eight to ten hours a day, five days a week, mm-hmm. there was I still have a, an incredible bond with these girls. Right. I still these women.
2: Yeah.
0: Um they still call most of them still call me daddy. I don't care what relationship they're in. That's just that's the way that's we're probably it always yeah. gonna be
2: yeah.
0: Um and I adore all of them because we we went through so much I put those girls through hell. But it was we and I got into it. Like I started becoming like when we would go with in public with my wife and we would go to a nicer restaurant and mm-hmm. if someone served food improperly because we were so much about etiquette, I would fucking critique them. And she <laughs> got to a point where she's like, I don't like going to dinner and with she you.
2: she was very tired of that, I'm sure. That right. That was not awesome.
0: No. She was sick of it yeah. really quick. She's like, can yeah. you please stop terrorizing? Wait,
2: can we have a family dinner,
0: please? Yeah. Because I would, I'm like, do you see the way these fucking ties hanging? His tie's not even fucking long enough. He t-. Or <laughs> did you see the way she fucking put that in front of me and showed me? Because you don't show the back of the hand. It's disrespectful. So you serve.
2: I'm just go. Gonna...
0: Right. Yeah. And there were all of these things. And because I, had prog- I knew them, because I had to teach the girls, yeah. I fucking became this ass about it. Um, but then it got to where we couldn't do what we called service sessions, which was we did every Monday and Wednesday. And then mm-hmm. Friday or Saturday, there was a party. Right. And the service sessions, I would walk in and the girls had to sit. They were on their knees. They had the positions they were supposed to be. They had mm-hmm. to memorize all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And there was, it got to a point where I would walk in to start the service session and ca- we're live cameras right, are rolling right, right. and I'd walk in and one, two, three, fuck. There goes four. Within a minute, they all started crying because they knew they had fucked up because Stefanos uh, had a book. Stefanos walked yeah. around when I was in the basement and watched them. He'd sit on his computer right. and watch them slipping and You take notes and they knew when it came service time that I knew everything. Yeah. And they would, like I said, it got so bad and like into their head. And I'm not even sure that this was, this was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for me trying to maintain this. And it had gotten to the point emotionally that it was fucking with them. So it was, it was still consensual.
2: How how healthy in the long run. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It it got to where it was, it was almost unhealthy because they were so, because they were performing and, but the mental part was he is Mm -hmm. master. So I have to be good to him. Right. So it got to where it was getting, Unhealthy, mm-hmm. And they would, like I said, one, two, three, four, within a minute. This one started yeah. crying because she knew she may have been the one who slipped the worst. Yeah. This one was this afraid one, yeah, for her. Exactly.
2: And then it all, yeah.
0: Right. And so we started, like, I saw it happening and I started, I, like, I went to Peter and I was like, I've got to pull back. Like, we have to do, this is getting. Right.
2: This is turning into a problem.
0: Yeah. And it's getting to where it was. And we stopped it. It never got bad. Yeah. It never got super bad. Yeah. So we, I was like, we have to rotate more. We can't keep these girls here this long. Even though they're willing, we right. have to because rotate they
2: more. they were. Living at the armory.
0: Some of them were, they had their possessions there and they spent a shit ton of time, but. Officially, no one actually really lived sure, there.
2: Sure, they weren't they weren't like legally renting rooms, right. but they might as well have been. From from what I understand, they yeah. they might as well have just lived. There. It
0: was there. There were a couple of them that that was definitely their that secondary was their life. Yeah, that was their life. They were there. They had shit stored away because they they spent so much sure. time there that after hey, I'm clocking out on the afternoon of Friday and I've just got, I've got my stuff here. I'm gonna shower and go straight to my party and then I'll go right. to my apartment later.
2: Right, but they didn't really take other work. Right. No, they were contracted to just be there. They worked. They, this was, this was their life.
0: Right. Exactly. And this
2: role play turned into.
0: It started, it started taking an effect. More
2: than that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is why we saw it. We pulled back and we reassessed and was like, this is, it's not good for me because I've never been this person who needed to instruct or needed to command or demand people treat me a certain way. And somehow I've gotten into this mindset and I was like, this isn't who I am. Right. And they were so like, we have to make sure daddy's happy. Yeah. And it got, it got rough. It got in a, it was a weird spot, but we luckily we all pulled away and we all are all for the most part socially acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually, I feel like I've spoken to quite a few of the women who did this job and I haven't spoken to anyone who's been like, yeah, that was abusive. Yeah. That was terrible. It's just like, this was hard. Like this was hard. This was right. This was a commitment to something that I did for this amount of time.
0: Right. The hardest part, I think, and that there was always this running joke that they said if there was the one thing, and I, like I said, I did some. When I say horrible, I'm talking torture stuff. I'm not right. Like, I'm uh,
2: no, uh, horrible in the.
0: I got really creative.
2: Sadistic, right? Mental or physical consensual
0: way, right. yeah. like knowing exactly how long you could have you your feet submerged up to the ankle in ice before frost frostbite would set in. And right. that's, those were punishments. Like it was just, I had to get creative because it was constantly doing the thing. Yeah. But they said of all of the shit that I did to them, the one thing that they would never forgive me for was the virgin because we had,
2: Oh, we, I know. I know what you're yeah. talking about. So
0: that was the one thing because she yeah, had all of this people looking because of the live shoot that we right. did. Um, And then, so she had this, I'm this person and thought that there was a little Mm -hmm. slip and slide that they could do. Mm -hmm. And the other girl's like, this is bullshit. She's the same thing we are. So there was never like this hazing, like in my head, I always kind of not fantasize, but like jokingly thought like they got socks with bars of soap and they're kicking her ass when I'm not there, which never happened. Yeah. Never happened. But so that was the one thing they're like, if you could have just left her. To Ryan. not come in here and fuck up the beauty that we had, right? But it was it was also a it very short-lived. Also, lift.
2: I know that there was also some, yeah, the dynamic of that was.
0: The rest of them took yeah. it extremely serious, and she kind of was like, "Ha ha!" And it was, she can didn't I, take it. Can it I
2: clarify for people listening yeah. what we're talking about? So we're talking about. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're talking about. I don't actually remember her name, but the the girl who it's came best that you don't. The girl. It's in the back of my head somewhere because I watched this shoot. Yeah. Pre me getting into porn, I for sure watched this. Right. But the girl who came to lose her virginity on the upper floor.
0: Right. Yes. She's changed her name since then, but it was a live thing.
2: Yes, live live on camera. She'd been fucked in the ass, but she was going to...
0: She did anal. She did blow... Yeah. She had glow. been
2: doing porn. She, she wasn't just, like a brand new girl, but she still had her hymen, if you want to define virginity by that kind of nonsense way. Which is why
0: we changed the name from losing her virginity to, we called it the deflowering of... Nikki. Nikki something, whatever. She's changed her name since then.
2: It has a color in it, doesn't it?
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's not red, white, black, orange, or yellow, right? And it starts with a B and ends mm-hmm. with a Lou. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I forgot, but yeah, that was her name. That it's was since her changed.
2: Name. That, yeah, I, she. Um, it's my understanding that she wasn't necessarily like that.
0: She, um, yeah, she, yeah, she wasn't the sharpest tool in the box, so to speak. She was very much there. And I, because I'm so hardcore about consent, if I ever would have thought for a minute that she wasn't mentally capable of consenting and there was, I never saw, but the executive producer said that they actually did a mental evaluation because they're like, this isn't something that most people want to do is lose their virginity in front of, I think we had close to 500 people attending the party.
2: Crazy thing. I watched this shoot while I was still a virgin and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm to do it too. I'm going to lose my virginity on camera. And then when I was actually at a place in my life where it was time to have sex and I was emotionally ready to have sex and with someone and I was like, I'm going gonna, gonna to do it on camera. Right. He was like, don't, don't be an idiot. You, your first time at least should be with someone you like.
0: Well, and, and I was that- like,
2: well, that's fair, I guess. Right. But that, it was very much a thing that like, was part of my sexuality was this particular situation. Right.
0: So. See, there you go. Yeah. Apparently I influenced and you. And this was,
2: what was this, 2010?
0: Yeah, probably 2010, early maybe, 2011.
2: Maybe, maybe late. So if I'm going to put this in my timeline, I bet you this shoot came out late 2010, early 2011. Yeah. If I put this like in my very distinct timeline of becoming right. an adult.
0: But yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. I think it was. But you know, and a lot of people, we caught a lot of slack because they're like, "I can't believe you're taking advantage of this poor girl." There's no possible way anyone in their right mind would want to do this. Right. And I and what I did, and I had so many people after it was done that worked the and kink who were kind of like, this who's this fucking new guy who's deflowering, deflowering someone somebody like on, live, live
2: on cam?" Yeah,
0: um, which I still think I might be the only one that ever did that, and it may not I think be my proudest. It's maybe
2: moment. the only. I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe somebody else has done it, right. but in terms of being on a major
0: scale that we did, website, yeah, yeah, yeah um, there were
2: so many people at that party, there were
0: hundreds of people at the party and thousands, it was the biggest, like it broke every record that kink had ever had for streaming, and which no is a one whole
2: different topic that like the deflowering shoot was the big one, right, it's like a whole different conversation.
0: But so I had everyone downstairs that were like mm, and putting their nose up. Like, what the fuck is this new guy trying to prove? Like, he comes in and he rearranges the train of O. He installs mm-hmm, all these fucking cameras. Mm-hmm. And now he brings a virgin. Like, this, right. what is this, a sacrifice? What's going right. on? And after the shoot, and they all watched it because they were like, this motherfucker's gone. Like, He's going to yep, do some shit. they are to
2: to crash and burn. And
0: one by one, that following Monday, they either emailed or came up and they were like, I, can I talk to you for a minute? And I'm like, fuck, they're going to get me. And yeah. One after the another, they were like, I can't believe how tasteful you did that, how respectful it was. And I was like, they like me. They really, really like me.
2: <laughs> well, because all of these people were people you looked up to.
0: Right. And it's, but these were also like, you know, the head of IT who mm, I again mm-hmm. looked up to because it's right. empire big, that I was yeah, working big, with. Big,
2: big, ma- massive empire.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because there was, I think at its at its the glorious day was, I think there was over 150, 160 people working in that building. Yeah. Including crew and everybody. else. Right.
2: Everybody, all the support staff, all everybody.
0: Right. So, and all of a sudden I was like, fuck, I didn't, I was very much flexing. Like I had to come in and show people I was, I meant business when I was coming. And that just happened to figuratively fall in my lap that there's this girl who wanted to do this. Right. But on the other hand, when I started thinking about it, we all were virgins at one point. And for the most part, I think most people that are listening, if they probably are not anymore. And you, it, Sure, but at
2: some point, everybody is. Everybody is, and everyone
0: loses it. And from my experience and anyone that I've spoken to, none of us have this like, oh, it was so romantic, and it was so good, and it was so, most Uh, of it is awkward. Okay, well, maybe yours is better, but for the most part, it's awkward and weird.
2: So I knew what I wanted, Okay, and I choreographed it.
0: Which is what she did.
2: Yeah, I knew what I wanted. I knew that I wanted it to be a certain way. Right. And I didn't lose my virginity until i was 21 because i choreographed it right and i waited until i met the right person who could execute the thing that i wanted it to be
0: right which is uh, that's applaudable because like i said most people are like this first i got my first chance i'm going to take it right and like i said for the most part and not always but for the most part and from people i've spoken with it's usually awkward and weird and it's Sex is still that way now. You still oh sure, bumping. sex. Yeah,
2: you make funny noises with your body parts right. and shit. Yeah.
0: So she, and this is the way I told people, she was able to say that there are three men, and it wasn't just any three rant, which it could have been, but it was Jackhammer, mm-hmm. Mark Davis, and James, and James Dean. Dean. She handpicked exactly who, who she, she wanted. wanted, and there wasn't going to be this. Ooh, sorry, that never happens to me. And the bump, right? Like you had fucking professionals who were going to be calm, be calm. And
2: right, and
0: give her what she wanted. How are they? How were they
2: emotional? Were they, were they weirded? Were they uncomfortable?
0: They were the most giving and compassionate of the entire, because I had to choreograph and I almost felt like a ringleader, like back the fuck up. Cause right. people, hundreds of people yeah, surrounded. I, just, it. I
2: remember on that video, just like there was no breathing room in that room.
0: Yeah. And it was hot as fuck. Well, and it, it was, got
2: very hot in that room
0: it smelled and it wasn't like because people. there was, yeah, just people, There's, people, people in sex. Yeah. Yeah. And there was patience. Like I think that was I think I feel like she was she yeah, she was the one who actually came up with the idea that I'll let the, the, the public pick. I'll let the, the members pick who is gonna do it. Okay. And I forget who the first one was, but whoever the first one was tried and tried. And I guess she had like cause we had a doctor on hand just to right, be safe. Right. That she apparently had like a fucking hymen of steel. <laughs> and there was this because all of them were well-endowed. Yeah. None of them wanted to physically hurt her. No one wanted
2: to injure her. Right. They wanted
0: this to be a beautiful moment, even though we were on the upper floor and there were all these people watching. It
2: could still be beautiful.
0: Right. Yeah. And so when I tell people that, I was like, she got to, as you did, choreograph and pick exactly how it went down. So how can you, no one took advantage she was the yeah. one who came to us she was the one that had the idea and we basically facilitated it. and i'm sure people are still going to be like you blah 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 but
2: right doesn't doesn't matter this is whatever whatever right. yeah
0: and it was and it was it's you know it was a cool thing that happened it was cool to be part of it to see these you know jack and mark and james who were all known as like really aggressive hardcore tops to be so gentle and and mm-hmm. affectionate to make sure she had exactly and if they're like she winced I uh, uh, yeah. and it would fuck with their heart on like i gotta yeah. pull back so they would all like basically all kind of did it i don't even remember which one actually
2: i don't actually remember did. i don't remember
0: but then once it happened there was everybody's like
2: yeah yeah, and yeah then that's there was what the rotation. i remember is like the dick went in and it was like yes and, and it was this big celebration right. and then she got fucked.
0: Yeah. And then everything they took their turns and it turned into a porno.
2: It's exactly. It turned like from this whole big tension filled thing to like, we're making a porno.
0: Right. It yeah. went from like, what the fuck's going on to holy shit, they did it and it was beautiful. And yeah. oh, now there's the porn. Right. Because I don't think anyone felt it pornographic until the most, yeah. th- then the sex had finally yeah. started happening in the vagina. And then they were like, Oh, oh
2: okay. OK, we can make porn now. We are here to make pornography. Right. Before right. that,
0: it, there was this event that was part of it. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, that was. And, and I still kind of joke. I was like, I hope that at the end of my career that my defining moment wasn't the virgin. Not that I I, I regret it. I still love that it happened. Sure. But I don't want it to be like he's the guy who did the virgin, not all of the other things I've yes. done.
2: OK, well, let's take a commercial break. And then we'll talk about the things that you'd like to be defined by. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll be right
1: back. Hello, listeners. Do you love this show? Are you thinking to yourself, man, it's so great that Holly gets all this free content for us to enjoy. I wonder if there's any way that I could support her and help her to create even better content. Well, you can, and I'm going to actually give you something in return for your support by joining my Patreon at patreon.com slash Unfiltered. Not only will you be supporting this independent endeavor, which is my podcast, but you will also get all kinds of super cool perks that are available exclusively to members of my Patreon That means that you will be able to watch my interviews live as they happen and therefore access them way before everybody else does. You will also be able to get signed prints from my guests. You'll be able to access exclusive bonus content such as My LA Porn Life, the podcast that I do with my production manager, Eva, as well as some exclusive interviews that I do on set with some of the biggest stars in the industry. There's so much at my Patreon for you to enjoy, and I would absolutely love it if you would just go give it a peek, see if it might be worth a couple bucks for you to support the show that you love so much. So go to patreon.com slash Unfiltered. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Unfiltered.
2: And we're back. All <laughs> let's, <right. laughs> let's, okay. So I feel like, again, putting things into my timeline okay. of my experiences, not that long after this shoot, you started working for other sites. So right. By the time I started really working for Kink, although my first, yeah, I think my first device bondage, you had taken over the site, but I was with the guest director. Okay. Was my first device bondage, which was December of 2011.
0: I, at the time, well.
2: Right, 2011. Yes. 2011, I hadn't
0: 2011. taken it over yet. I still. Okay. The way mine worked or is no, I.
2: maybe it was Matt and it was the it, guest Matt and, director. It may have been
0: Matt and Orlando, because I think Matt was officially the director in 2011. Orlando okay. was the one who was running it. But right, but he I was, worked with Sarge. Yeah. Sergeant Major. Sarge, when Sarge would call Kink and say, hey, I'm coming into town, and we'd kind of spread him around and give him all the work.
2: Yeah, I think they gave me to him because I was an unknown, untested performer, and they were just like, here's this girl, we're going to fly her in from Florida.
0: Let's see what happened.
2: I was still in Florida. I hadn't, I wasn't doing hardcore yet.
0: Okay. Um,
2: I just really wanted to work for Kink,
0: because, like, empire, as we were saying. Right. Um, We, I, so I did... About two years. I think it was a, a month or so shy of two or a month mm-hmm. or so past two years that I ran an upper floor in training of o. And then we had this thing, which I can talk about now because it's kind of, it was, there was a secret like, oh, there's JP's leaving and going to Twisted Factory and they're right. relaunching Twisted Factory right. and JP's going to rebrand. And mm-hmm. in reality, we were in the armory. Yeah. We built new sets But upstairs. Twisted
2: Factory, was its like separate little?
0: It was little very much a separate thing. Yeah. I had one person in IT Mm
2: -hmm.
0: or maybe one and a half if they had the time dedicated to Twisted Factory and I had one person in marketing who coincidentally my person in marketing also knew enough coding that she started helping me with my sites to make them look the way I wanted Mm -hmm. and then she eventually moved into IT right then she became the head of IT and now she runs the fucking place. Now
2: she's the CEO. So
0: her, and, yes, she is now the CEO. <laughs> so it's it's funny how her and I have. I didn't progressed. realize you've
2: known her for that long. I've known her That's since cool. she was
0: working in marketing and starting to try and move into IT. Yeah, and she was the one who like like single hand, well not single handedly, but for ninety nine percent of the single handedly did. Yes, helped bring Twisted Factory up, right? Because so if there t- was a problem, she was the one that I would go to.
2: You were still running the upper floor in December of twenty eleven. Yes. I was at one of your parties. See, that was my first upper floor party. But I have excellent memories from that party. <laughs> boy, oh boy. That was my first threesome. Oh, that was my first ever life threesome ever in life. To
0: flip this around and talk about your journey. <laughs> but the funny thing about the upper floor is even people in the building at some point thought that Stefanos was the director for the upper floor because okay. I am not. Look at me.
2: Right, and he has always been. What is his, what is his official?
0: His official his major domo, right? Is no, I was, was major, domo, major domo, which was master of the house. Right, master of yeah, I think master of the house. He was the steward, which yeah. there was. I forget exactly what his thing was, but he was basically the
2: was the the. He, it was his job to bring in the people.
0: Well, it was his job to do that, but his as as far as his high, house title, he was in charge of. I was in charge of the entire house and right. all of the staff, whether right. it was the higher up staff or whether it was the slaves. Um, and he was basically in charge of watching. He kept the slaves in mm-hmm. line. Your uniform has to yeah. be perfect. Let me show you how to do it. So he kind of was he was I, I guess essentially more of the daddy to the slaves right. than I was like
2: your like your right hand.
0: right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and but he was this and still is this fucking yes. larger than life human who is phenomenal with people and he's uh, so like involved with the the actual lifestyle scene. Mm-hmm. So he knew all of the well, people, people and that they them came in.
2: in and they were like, oh Stefanos, you emailed me about this party and I'm on right. your guest list and right. so.
0: I think he still actually retains his guest list. It, is, that was it a, is
2: my understanding that it is his it always guest was. list. It doesn't belong to kink. It doesn't belong to the upper floor. It is his, his guest and list. And
0: he's had it for so many and years. It's
2: and, long and full of amazing people.
0: Right. And it was great because you got, you got to bring the lifestyle in yes. along with the porn that portrayed yes. the lifestyle. So there was this great mix. But he, like I said, he was larger than life. Everyone loved him and he loved to be the center. Like he loved that people listened and yeah. talked and wanted to interact yeah. with him. Um, so he, I was like, here, you be the face. I'll be the enforcer. Like I don't have to be, listen to me. I'm going to, I would stand next to him like where, however I would stand. And I right. would, we would already have talked about what was going to happen. And he would command the camera. The camera would, person would come over aiming at him and he would make the announcement. And this mm-hmm. is the thing. And this is the way, mm-hmm. this is what's up next. And people fucking adored him. Yeah. And I just was the guy who did the bondage for Stefanos, Mm. which was great. I had no problem with it. Sure,
2: sure. That actually doesn't seem like a a terrible position to be in. You let him be the face and the grandiose guy and you do the work. Right. Yeah.
0: And then James, we were talking about, you know, the numbers aren't where we want to see them. And, you know, times change. Right. Times
2: change. Stuff changes. You move up to a different sites. Right. James comes back and James comes Training about in the upper floor. Right. And you move to, I
0: started twisted factory with right. sadistic rope and what was fucked and bound. And we rebranded dungeon sex. Right. And then,
2: and then those sites kind of, I want to jump forward a little bit. So this okay. interview isn't five hours long. Cause right. we could just sit here and talk all day. Right. You moved around a bit. I feel like right. you, you moved around to a bit of different sites.
0: Right. I went training of upper floor, sadistic rope and dungeon sex mm-hmm. and then there was um i guess directed a couple of times for sex and submission mm-hmm. and then device bondage became mine right i kind of i did a substitute stint to where i ran it for like three months because they were in between directors um and then i took device bondage mogul had hogtied and yeah. then mogul moved to something else and then i ended up with hogtied and device right. bondage and right. fucking machines and
2: fucking machines Right. Cause after you took fucking machines over after Tomcat left. Right.
0: Yeah. So I yeah, just
2: lots of, lots of move, but that's how companies work and big companies right. work. Things move around and, and things change. And then again, I like the girls, the models. Right. Changing.
0: Constantly. I joke with, um, disco is what we call him. Mm-hmm. My videographer who I've been working with the longest. Like I think at this, I think we were, we're either in our seventh or eighth year of working yeah, together now. And, um, he actually, I think he was the one that came up with the analogy and I really liked it. Was it, it's like being in the industry cause he just started his 18th year. So being in the industry, as long as we have, it's being like a, like a college professor. Like mm-hmm. you have this new mm-hmm. freshman class that shows up, you watch them progress. Some of them stick around and do well. Some of right. them barely get through it. Right. And then you have the stars, you have the, the, the valid Victorian mm-hmm. and the, the really high achievers. And then they slowly, one by Everyone one, moves, away, way.
2: moves and changes. Yeah. And then there's
0: the new class. Right. And then you watch because there's always new people showing up. But there's those group that like, this is, you know, this mm-hmm. is.
2: This is the current generation. This is
0: the Casey Calverts. And then back then there was like, this is the Harmony and mm-hmm. uh, the Jezebel Bonds, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've constantly people seen these classes and, and graduating. Yeah. So you have yeah. this like, and as, as at our age, we very much have this like fatherly kind of right. like, Let me show you and help you get through this kind of thing. So it's kind of weird being around that long and seeing model, model, model. But it's also great to see them go from coming in and watching them go places that you never even thought they could go.
2: Right. Let's let's talk about that. I feel like everybody wants to talk to you these days about consent. And I feel like you just gave me a really nice lead in about being (laughs) a fatherly figure. And I wasn't actually going to do it. But you set me up. You set me up. So let's talk about talk about developing consent as it has led you into like now and 2021
0: from like, from we're, so
2: like we're I don't know we're we're in 2012 okay and as it has led you to now
0: um it's always been like even from the get-go it was always a big thing like it was I When I'll even go back further, when I used to, before I knew what BDSM was, Mm -hmm. I used to fantasize and I told very few people this because I didn't want people to think, oh, great, I'm friends with a psycho. Yeah. But I was like, they were like, what's the craziest thing you ever thought about doing? I was like, well, I want to tie someone down. And the bondage didn't even matter. I just didn't want them to leave. Right, and then I would think of the most fucked up thing I could do to hurt them, like razor blades up the bottom of the feet, mm-hmm. slowly peeling eyelids off. And I'm not even into that kind of shit. Right, but all like I wanted
2: fantasy entirely fantasy based things. Well, it
0: was the, the the thing was is it was the intensity. I wanted to put someone in the most excruciating pain possible, so mm-hmm. I could look at their face and watch them suffer and beg for it to stop. But then I always finished with. But then afterwards, I can pat it off. No one's bleeding. Everyone right. feels okay, and we go nice. have a beer. Yeah. And what I just described was
2: BDSM morbid
0: born. BDSM porn. Yeah. So I never really wanted to cut people's feet or rip their eyelids out. Right. But what I wanted to do was watch people suffer. And that's when I was like, oh, but I thought I was weird. So I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. Turns out I'm just a good old sadist.
2: Right, right. Turns out that's actually relatively.
0: Right. And it always common had and to normal. be. Yeah. It always had to be. Everything's OK at the end. I never had I, there's You didn't there, want
2: to be a Murderer. We right. wanted to play this game.
0: Cuz I have actually a conscience. I I, I Right, but right. you're not if actually a psychopath. Like, <laughs> right. like I get very aroused if we push to a point where there's there's tears or there's really like the oh my god cuz in the back of the head all the girls know they're safe and right. I will stop as soon as they say. Right. But, but the, the
2: game is real fun. The game
0: is hot as fuck. Yeah. Like yesterday with the belt thing. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that real was fun. fun.
2: Yeah, real fun.
0: Um so I always knew that it had to be okay. Like if you and I were talking and you were crying because God forbid something bad was happening in your life, it would tear me apart. I'd probably be like, right. It wouldn't okay. be.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't be a sex thing. Right. Yeah.
0: There's nothing sexy about real suffering and anguish, but consensual and playing, mm-hmm. no matter how extreme. Because I mean, I do the waterboarding, and we have right. marks on your body. Sure,
2: sure.
0: So that's always been in the back of my head. But over time, I have I for a while things would happen and I saw them, but because of the power dynamic of who was involved, Mm -hmm. I would, I had to kind of stand by and it made me feel like shit. And I, I'm never going to let that happen again. Right. And it got to a point to where I am now. Well, even then, like when I moved to kink, there was, there was even more of an emphasis on it. So I was like, okay, there's this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And I've constantly been like, it's always like before anything else, there has to be consent. Mm -hmm. I stopped shooting certain models because they would go into this orgasmic bliss right and they kind of were gone mm-hmm. they were so subbed out and i would sit there and talk to them and they were like what's what?
2: going on yeah what's going on where am i and they yeah. were
0: they weren't there and yeah. i was like this isn't consent anymore yeah like as soon as they checked out i had to stop right. and then i was like and the the more there were a couple of them that you shot the deeper they would go and the faster they would get there mm-hmm. and i was like i can't shoot you like i'm
2: Right, I, I got need you to hands just stay with me, which was one of like the very early lessons I learned being a model. Was like whatever you do, don't go away.
0: Right, because you you there. You can twilight, if mm-hmm. you will. You can kind sure. of dance that line, but you and still you have feel to feel
2: real good. Right. Yeah,
0: and it's okay once we get to a point that I can let you go. But if we're in the here's the thing, if we're playing, mm-hmm. and I know that what I do, and I've had plenty of models tell me this, that it's therapeutic for them. Sure. Sometimes it's just because they want it. Sometimes it's because they're stressed. Sometimes right. they've they're, lost a person that yeah. they really care about and they just need to get the devil out. Right. But they're always, and there's the therapy. But if you show up and you are so damaged that I, you need me to beat the shit out of you and you fade away instantly, I'm not the therapist for you. I'm not right. the guy. So, right. and there's been models that I, I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, I, I just can't. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be the person who at this point perpetuates whatever damage you already have. So it's always been, and as I've grown through this, like doing all of this, I've gotten mm-hmm. more and more like strict about how before that's okay. Cause I'm keeping an eye on them to where right. it's like, there's now very like, no, 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 no. Yeah. And like I said, we'll play, I'll get, you know, we'll I'll sure. get hard as fuck, but sure. you need to be present with yeah. me during the time. And then when we get to the reward, if you want to roll your eyes back and you want to check out then during the orgasm, We've already established that that's all okay, but I'm still going to make sure you're still there because I, the last thing I want is them to be, you know, anybody like, well, he was fingering me and I I wasn't, well, so. Right,
2: right. But the conversation about this is what we're going to do today. We're going to do this. If we're just going to talk about hogtied, we're going to tie you up, going to hurt you a little bit, then I'm going to make you come. Right. That has already been lined out and consented to.
0: Right. And then there's the check-in afterwards that we do, right. which is, I think, why. And a safe word. Right. And there's safe words. Um, but there's also, there's accountability on my part. And I, you know, I've, I've worked with models who call me, you know, a week or so later and like, hey, I've got this numb spot. And I was like, when did it happen? Because we all kind of, and I'm start oh, thinking, sure. I'm like, and they, and it's always, if I didn't know about it on set, it's because the model's like, I was having too much fun and I didn't want to tell you. And it makes me mad because I'm like, that's not fair to me. Right. And it's not that I mind saying, here's my, you know, here's the the um, workman's comp. Let me pay for your doctor because it happened on my set. It happened while you were working sure. with me. I'll cover it. But what bothers me is that like I can only be so sorry. My stomach keeps rumbling.
2: <laughs> it's um, lunchtime.
0: I can only be so responsible. I can watch you and I can see your mannerisms and I can watch your body and I can touch your flesh and I can know this is getting too cold or mm-hmm. that's too purple or you're not where you're comfortably you're supposed to be but there's certain things that I still need you to hold responsibility mm-hmm, over. Mm-hmm. And again, this if it happens. I'm like, I, you're going to have to prove to me that I can trust you because if I right. can't trust you to speak up and advocate for yourself, I can't consciously say I'm going to shoot you because I can't guarantee that I can't consent to you possibly not consenting. Right.
2: It's very much a two way street. Right. And I feel like these days, just within the past couple of years, Models and, and porn stars who do BDSM, whether they do it in their personal life or just this is something that they do for the camera, right? have learned about not to go into subspace. And, oh, I can actually have limits and say no to these things. Right. And, I, and I actually, it's okay for me to be on a BDSM set and say, hey, my hand's going numb. right? Where I feel like even when I started, like, if you said like, hey, my hand's going numb, Well, that was very encouraged, maybe like that meant you were a little weak or like you're kind of a pussy and why aren't you just taking it? Don't you want to take it? Aren't you supposed to be so hardcore? And now what makes you hardcore and what makes you great at the job is the active communication.
0: Right. And the details and the limit sheet. And I, that was, as you were saying that there was a model that was one of the upper floor girls. Mm -hmm. Um, Her name was Iona Grace. Mm -hmm. And when she started, there was nothing, nothing that she would not do. Right. And then she took a break. Um, She really focused on her uh, school. She was going through college. Mm -hmm. And then she kind of, for whatever reason, she pulled back. And she got her, you know, decided I want to come back for a little bit. And when she came back, it went from you can do whatever the fuck you want to very, extremely detailed, exactly what was okay and what was not. And she's like, I'm sorry. I know this is a lot. And I was like, I appreciate it. No, 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 this
2: is wonderful. Please tell me the things that you do and do not want to do. And it
0: was because... You've already proven that you can. You don't have mm-hmm. to prove it. Now you come back and do what you enjoy. Right. And to me, that's like, that's, that's a big thing. And not that she didn't enjoy what she did, but she experimented and found out I don't have to take the cattle prod to the pussy repeatedly. Right. I've proven that I can. And it's not as fun for me as.
2: This other thing. This Whatever. other thing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, fast forward to where we are now. Like I not only, it's still huge to me, but not, now I've like, I've broken down the wall Mm-hmm. Because of social media, so people get to know the models better, they get to know right. me better. Um, so the wall's broken down. I make it, it's been clear for years that I've told people in those interviews, they like, you know, this is, they're in charge, not mm-hmm. me. This is like a spa day. You go to the spa and you tell the people at the spa, here's a checklist of I want the hot rocks and the deep massage right. and the foot thing. You don't tell them how to do the massage or where to put the rocks, but right. you trust them to be, it's the Good same their thing. job, yeah. Right. So you come in and fill out what you're okay with, what you want, what you don't want, and then I facilitate Mm-hmm. what you've asked to have happened to you mm-hmm. in my way. Um, and I've made it super clear. Like I don't run this shit. I am lucky enough to have models who are willing to let me be the sadist that I am and use them. So we kind of feed off of each other, but it's, it's yeah, it's. And I also, that when we go over the things I've started making public too, is that it's, here's the limit sheet. We've gone over the limits. I know exactly what I cannot do. And it sits on set so I can always right. reference it. Right. But I on camera, I say, this is in stone. I don't get to change this ever. But, but you do. You can change it at any given moment. If you say, I love being slapped in the face. It's my favorite thing. And I come in and slap you one time and you don't, today's not your day, which yeah. is okay. Done. There's yeah. no yelling. There's no throwing a fit. Right. There's no, you said I could. I'm not going to make you because or what you were saying earlier. Oh, you're being a pussy. Oh, being just a p- let me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, you, manipulative. You said shit. It was okay.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. manipulation. That's fucking predator bullshit. If yeah. someone can't in any situation. Yes. In if, whether it's regular sex, whether right, it's this having can a,
2: be applicable to vanilla porn, this also. can be
0: applicable to the world. Yeah. If someone's you go and ask someone, Hey, would you like, uh, can I buy you a drink at the bar?
2: Mm-hmm. And if this
0: person says no, there's no try try again
2: right there's right. no
0: let's keep pursuing them fuck them i'm gonna wear them down that's fucking manipulation and it's predator shit no means no right. every fucking time right. all the time and I, I tell you know i was like you say stop and we're done yeah now if you suddenly say everything that's on the list is gone and i can no longer produce what i need to produce right then we have a bigger conversation but it, yeah. it's still not me going god damn it you said i could no
2: but also also it's okay to have that bigger conversation and maybe end a day and say, you know what? I don't think, I don't think this kind of content is a good fit for you right now. Right. Which is okay.
0: It's completely okay. The unfortunate part is, is that models think, oh, I made JP mad or yeah. I didn't get, I wasn't as hard or, or as tough as he wanted me to be and he's never going to hire me again or got, there's still this stimulus uh, or not stimulus. There's uh, this, um, um, there's this idea that, If you didn't do well on my site, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to go tell everyone. And now you're blacklisted. And I remember having this conversation at kink and this girl showed up and it was fucking machines, which we always joked. It was like the, uh, that was the gateway site, right? Which was weird because those machines are, they wreak havoc (laughs) on the holes.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, so this girl shows up and she just, the whole time she's, Oh, oh, and she keeps wincing and Mm. it's just, she's, I can see like, this is not cool for her. So I started, I stopped and I was like, are you good? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just maybe some more lube. And we try to accommodate everything. And you could tell she really, it was her first time in the army. She Mm -hmm. really wanted this to happen. Mm -hmm. And I finally was like, Hey, stop for a second. I was like, guys, can I have the room? And you know, everyone kind of stepped out of the room because I could tell she was fucking with her. Yeah. And I was like, look, I don't think this is the thing. And I was like, I don't get upset. I was like, because this doesn't mean that you don't get to work at kink. I was like, this isn't, and we aren't, and I won't say the name of this company that I use. As a reference, I was like, this isn't this company where you have to show up and you have to do this and you Mm -hmm, have to do this or mm -hmm, they can't hire you. mm -hmm. The Armory is like Disneyland for grownups. I was like, if this isn't the ride for you, there's like 15 others. There's a whole bunch of other ones was all different variations. And I was like, so maybe instead of you taking this as a defeat, maybe you take this as a learning lesson that the machines suck for you and Mm -hmm. this isn't cool. Let's go sit at a computer. Walk up to me with my office or to my office with me and let's look. And if there's something else, it turns out she came back and did one of the craziest hog ties. Like she came back and was a fucking phenomenal model doing that kind of stuff. Yeah. The machines just Those didn't machines, agree with
2: yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it, but it's so tough because people think if I fuck up this time, I'm, I'm done. Like right. I'm never going to be able to do this again. Right. And it, and it sucks that we, I think we're getting better in this industry, but I still think that it, there's still this, this bad God damn it.
2: I thought that was me that time. <laughs> Maybe they're sinking up now.
0: Um, but there's this stigma that, you know, that, that if I don't do this or if I don't follow the director right. back over there in the private room and do the thing. And because there's 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 I talk about this on my podcast a lot. There's mm-hmm. this situation where people think that they have to do shit they don't want to do just so they can excel in this industry. And it's not the case. Most of the people that I have seen, including yourself, didn't fuck yourself to the top. Yeah, You, well, you technically you did, but you didn't have to fuck everybody behind the camera to get to where you are. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people, they miss coming into this is they think that they have to put up with certain actions on set from certain people because that's the only way they're going to make it. And it's not.
2: Yeah. I think the best thing we can do is continue being very vocal about it and continue talking about it and continue saying you do not have to fuck to get a job. That is not your job. You know, you did, you know, fucking it's Nina Hartley says fucking is your job. It's not what you do to get the job. Right. And it's like, yes, that. yeah, it's, you know, you don't, you don't have to have sex with the director. You, you are allowed to have nose. You don't have to do anal if you don't want to all of these things. And I feel like as long as we continue to be vocal about it, right. Girls will come in as they do and we'll hear those things from, from us, people who are theoretically respected. Right. And then be like, oh shit. Maybe, maybe I don't have to do this thing. Right. And the more that happens and the more people talking about it, it just snowballs. Right. Hopefully.
0: Hopefully. And that's kind of the way I, I feel about it too, is like telling people. And the, the the biggest thing is you have to be, you, you are your biggest advocate. No mm-hmm. one's going to advocate for you as much as you will. And it's scary because you're like, fuck that. If you sit there and you're on a set and you think, I'm just going to get through this because it's almost over or they're almost finished or I don't want to piss. I don't give a fuck if it's 99% done and you're waiting on this last little thing, whether Mm -hmm. it's a pop or whatever. Whatever. If the line gets crossed, fuck them. They've crossed the line. Consent is now gone. And then when consent's gone, the rape word shows up right? because anything sexual without consent is fucking rape. Right. Period.
2: That's just what it is. Yeah.
0: And if people had that in their head, performers, crew, and anyone else involved, Mm -hmm. I think a, a lot less of this shit would happen, but there's this just, I don't know. It's, right. it's, and I also follow up with this too. This, we talk about this openly because we, this is what we do for right. a living. This
2: is our job. We, we have these conversations every right. time we go to work.
0: It's, but Susie at the bank, right. Jimmy at fucking HR over at home Depot or whatever. All of these people, this happens in every workplace. We yeah. just openly talk about it because we're trying to prevent it from happening because there's, unfortunately there's a small group of people and it's smaller. I feel like every mm-hmm. day it gets smaller and smaller. I but agree. still think, oh well, she's here and naked and's got her pussy out, so I should be able to Yeah. She must want me. Yeah. No.
2: No, no. yeah. Yeah.
0: So Yeah. Okay. Sorry, we went on No, the I know. Tangent, we went on
2: right? we but I you started it. I'm blaming you. <laughs> <laughs> um let's do let's do one more. What do you want to talk about to wrap it up? Um Do you wanna talk about Tell me, a tell me a thing you, you, we were talking about the things you want to be known for. Tell oh, yeah. me, tell me, uh, choose one, pick one,
0: pick fuck. <laughs> um,
2: or, or like a category of things if picking one is too difficult.
0: I think what I have, what I've done with bondage, like I, when I first started and I'll mm-hmm. try and make this short, when I first started, the girl was tied up, you walked in and you Touch the breast, you're like, oh, you're so pretty, you're a dirty girl. Then you put your hand maybe in, kind of rub and cup, and like, oh, you really like this. And it was kind of, it was a lot to me creepier than it is now. Where (laughs) now it's, it's a lot more hardcore, but it was really (laughs) kind of like this, like you'd expect this, like,
2: (sighs) right, the heavy uh, breath,
0: you know? Yeah, it's it's it. Thinking back, it almost seemed gross, and it was a lot less. (laughs) Like if you would have told me in 2004 that, you know. One that I would still be around in seventeen years would sure. have blown my mind. But damn it. <laughs> Sorry everybody. I'm really hungry. <laughs> I think the mic actually picked that one up.
2: But yeah, it is it's lunchtime.
0: Yeah. Um so but that it did even more so that I would have been the person who was waterboarding people. Right. And using words like cunt and mm-hmm. I don't know if those are going to be okay for you too, but
2: might, yeah, that might, ha- I don't actually know the rules. Yeah.
0: There's, I, I know that one gets flagged sometimes, but I, these really degrading words yeah. Um, that I use and talking to, to, to women like this. And, and like I said, waterboarding people mm-hmm. and, and beating people until they're black and blue mm-hmm. and like making people cry. And please, please, please stop. And obviously this is all consensual, but right. if you would have told me in 2004 that I would be doing this one day, I'd be like, bullshit, the fucking, inter- I'll go to jail for something like that. Right. Which is nice because it's allowed me to enjoy what I do. Not that I didn't before, but yeah. it's so to see it blossom and it's not just me. It's not like a JP did all of this. We as a collective in the BDSM community did it right. uh, on the internet specifically because yeah. it became, like I said, we couldn't do sex, right? you know, for a while. Right.
2: So you do the other things.
0: So you did the other things, but so. To see, so to be remembered for someone who not only did the tie the girl up, slap her around, make her come, rinse and repeat for however many umpteen right. years, but doing things like the movies that I made, I want to be remembered for that, like taking something that was supposed to be so dark and hidden, even mm-hmm. in the corner of the porn store, we don't talk about the craziest right. to do this, to making movies that, that reflected what we did and doing them in a way that put them on a wider scale for people mm-hmm. to pay attention to because fuck 50 shades of gray period. <laughs> that's bullshit. All of it. And that's fucking con- non-consensual r- rape is what that is. Um, fuck it. I said it. Yeah.
2: Now it's, it's it, fuck 50 shades of gray. Yeah.
0: So, but I, and what made me start doing it is it was crap like that that didn't represent us. Or it was like, you'd see this really awesome movie and they put duct tape on the mouth, which I fucking hate. Um, which is fine, I guess if that's your thing. But sure. I started seeing shit that had crappy bondage in it, and I was like, why can't they get this right? So I decided I was going to start doing my own, and I am mm-hmm. not Tarantino, I'm not, you know, some of these big directors, but I want to be remembered for, for coming out of the darkest corner of porn and mm-hmm. bringing it more into mainstream. And also because there is, like, I have developed with the reputation, I've, I have developed, I mean, I've worked with probably some of the biggest names in the porn industry. Oh, I
2: think you can claim that. Yeah. yeah.
0: And to, to when I started, we were working off Craigslist right. to where now people like, are like, oh, this, that's JP. Fuck yeah. I want right. to do
2: it. Angela White is going to come and shoot with you. Right. You know?
0: Or, she, I mean, Casey Calvert, Angela White, all of these names. Yeah, but, I,
2: but, you know, so Angela White, three time AVN performer of the year.
0: Right. Yeah. Wants and, to come and shoot with you. Right.
2: That's. And that's, that's such a huge pendulum swing from, we were booking girls off of Craigslist who we saw once and wrote them a check. And then we never saw them again. Right. And I don't remember their name.
0: Right. And I, and I think that's a big thing because it has, it's, there was the Virgin and that played a part and being Mm -hmm. the, 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 the major Domo on the upper floor was a huge part because there's, those are two really iconic things, but it's the progression of the bondage, the movies that we make now, the, the way it's not like it's, I mean, all of, all of porn has progressed, you know, in a certain way, mm-hmm. but the, the, the span of being here and the consistency, I think of constantly pushing the envelope and still being able to work with the biggest names in the industry and being right. trusted by the biggest, you know, all of the, the agents, you know, like there's a lot of people that call mm-hmm. and say, I want to work with Casey cause I'm doing a bondage thing and the agents are like, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. But if you JP, okay, right. I'm on the way. Right. So. That I want to be remembered for. I just don't know who I'm going to pass all that down to. I've said a dungeon full of shit that I'm like, what's going to happen when I retire?
2: Someone's someone's going to acquire a lot of toys. Yeah.
0: Hopefully it's not all rusted by the time they get to it. But so, yeah, I think that's it. I think in a nutshell, yeah. it's being um known as the meanest motherfucker on the internet, mm-hmm. but also known as one of, like, a very respected person in the adult industry and recognized as such because it's still... You know, I've seen people make one movie a year because they did it under evil or they did it under this brand or that Mm -hmm. brand and they get nominated for director of the year Mm -hmm. and I produce hundreds of movies a year. I don't do the big features, but some of those are just gonzo shots that turn into a movie and I get web director. Mm -hmm. So to pull out of that and not be the niche site or the right. niche director right. or to the get
2: nominated in a, in a bigger category right. to, to be recognized, not, not necessarily nominated. This doesn't have to be an awards right. specific thing, but to be, to be recognized as a a, part, a branch of the industry, a part of the industry. Right. Yeah. And that's
0: kind of what I'm, and that's, that's my ultimate goal is to be, and I'm getting there. Like yeah. The I movie feel like you did. are
2: Yeah, it's moving in the right direction for sure.
0: Yeah. When we did the movie, and it pulled up to mainstream and it snuck out of the BDSM and got right. put in. It scared the shit out of me because I was like, Oh, uh, we're just in want- the
2: thriller category.
0: BDSM. thats yeah. all I was going for I didn't Yeah. We didn't
2: mean to get into this thriller category. Yeah, I not know boy. you guys to
0: put me up here with all yeah. the big names. Yeah. So getting to that point and having people see it and be like, this is the guy who taught me that BDSM is okay to be. And this is the guy who made these movies and, is respected because of the, even though he did the meanest things, he mm-hmm. was the guy who was, you know, so it's, it's having that legacy of that rather than just the right one thing. Right. Cause there's so much more to it. Yeah.
2: So I think that's a perfect way to end. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. All right. All right. Yes. Thank you so much for watching. I believe Holly will be back next week with regularly <laughs> scheduled pro- programming, but thank you so much, GP. Thanks for having This me. was really lovely. Thank you for, participating in this guest directing, guest hosting
1: experiment. All right.
0: Hopefully the story doesn't scare everybody.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my show and want to support it, I ask that you take the time to rate and review my podcast. Now, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash HRU and you'll automatically be directed to the various podcast apps your device supports Things such as early releases and live recordings of my interviews, merchandise such as stickers, mugs, and hoodies, autographed copies of my photography books, free access to my private Snapchat and not safe for work website, hollyrandall.com, and my bonus podcast, My LA Porn Life. Also, join my Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Hollyrandall unfiltered.